Welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast, where books come alive. I'm Tricia Copeland, a fiction author and host of this show. If you love books, finding great reads, and hearing about the story behind the story directly from the authors, this is the place for you. Whether you like fantasy, science fiction, dystopian, or romance titles, I think you'll find something to love in my playlist. Listen in to discover something magical about a book or two today. Hi, welcome, Ann Sage. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm great, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, is it okay to call you Anessa? Of course, yeah, okay. definitely. <laughs> so I'm with author Ann Sage, but her um, first name is Anessa. Jump in and tell us about your your genre, your work, a little bit yeah. about your books, and then I'll probably have more questions from there. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, so, Ann Sage, pen name. Um, I took the pen name before the last name actually became my real name. I took my <laughs> boyfriend at the time, his last name early, but now we're married. So, it was a moot point to do the pen <laughs> name. <laughs> but we're at Ann Sage. I write a lot of YA, mostly YA now. Um, I started with the NA and then just kind of progressed into the YA world. Uh, pretty much all fantasy or paranormal mystery. Um, I did try to throw in a sci-fi in there, but it had fantasy in it also. So <laughs> fantasy is my jam, I guess. Um, to date, I have 15 books out so far. I just released one of my uh, standalones fairly recently, and I'm working on finishing up an eight book series now. But wow, eight know, books. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. It's that exciting, yeah. Exciting. It's um, been the whirlwind for sure. <laughs> Yeah, we have such similar things. So yeah, I started writing New Adult as well, and then very quickly jumped over to YA Fantasy. Um, so we have very similar stories. Yeah. We have about the same number of books published, too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's something about YA Fantasy. Is just, I read it all the time, too. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm 40 I'm years a, old. I read it constantly. <laughs> I know. I'm such a junkie. I'm going to this like adult author event at my local library, and I'm like, well, can I bring my YA books? <laughs> Don't read those. Too, right? I'm an adult Whenever. author, but well, exactly. YA. At the um, bookstore, I always just like hightail it to the young adult section. And I'm like, it's me and just like, younger people. I'm like, that's okay. I look like your mom. That's fine. Yeah, I could be buying for my teenager, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's pretend I have a teenager. <laughs> but no, I saw that like the biggest group of readers of that YA fantasy genre is actually women between like 55 and 65 years old. I actually heard that too. Most of my readers are over 45, 50 and plus, pretty much right. almost all of them. So it's, it's been interesting to find that out. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it. Like my, what I would have thought was my most like YA book. Like my mother-in-law loved that one the best. And I was like, okay, well, this is a thing. And I'm yeah. glad. When I get that old, I'll probably still be reading. No, Twilight. I know. And like the same, I just remember myself reading Twilight. So I'm like, okay, I get it. Like I was old enough not to read that anymore. But <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to remember what I read when I was a teenager, but it was just books they give you in school, I guess. Yeah, I got into YA fantasy by reading The Crystal Cave by Mary Stewart. Have you read that yes, one? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what, how did I get into YA? When did that craze start? I think I actually started with some indie authors 
as well, like Chandel Avon and all of those. And that like really solidified the YA for me recently. But trying to, yeah, I think when I was a teenager, I was reading more adult books. And now, <laughs> which, <laughs> well, maybe when you're a teenager, you're trying to figure out the adult world. Now that we're adults, we're like, yeah, it's not that great. <laughs> always, yeah, you always want what you don't have. You're like, I want to grow up. And now you're like, I wish I never grew up. <laughs> Okay, so I need to dig a little deeper. I don't know where you want to start with this whole 15 book thing, but I need to know more characters, storylines, types. Okay, yeah. So the first, let's go with the fantasy because the first book I ever published was like a nonfiction um, for bloggers. And I, I mean, I count it as a book, but it's not part of the current repertoire. <laughs> so the first book that I published was Etherborn and it was a four book um, series, I guess you could slightly bigger than the trilogy in a way. Um, and that was the NA book, um, but it's still read like YA. So I think even then I was writing YA with slightly older characters. <laughs> so I just liked the, the topic of the YA. Um, Etherborn um, dealt with that standard chosen one trope. So I had that going on. Um, the girl in it, Ruby, Ruby Black, she was kind of coming of age in a way also, or just getting to know herself. She's a very shy girl and um, kind of developed these powers, of course, met a boy, love story, entered the YA, NA romance in there. <laughs> um, and it kind of became almost, it started as an urban fantasy and became very epic because I, I tend to do that with all of my books where it starts urban fantasy or small town fantasy. And then all of a sudden you've got all these realms and just epic battles and creatures and the whole thing. And for some reason I can't get away from that. <laughs> Even in my standalone, I tried to throw that in there. <laughs> but, um, so that was Etherborn. Um, after Etherborn, I wrote Cortega, which is the sci-fi fantasy mashup. Um, that is the biggest book I have to date. Um, and that one was, that was a crazy ride. I don't, like, I, I don't remember doing that much research for a book before. Like I was researching the Dyson sphere and all these like different scientific theories and inventing new like races and, and planets and all this stuff. And it was, it was a thrilling adventure to write that book. I think that one's my most adventurous baby so far, I should say, because such a, like a different kind of um, aspect of book to write for me. Um, and Sid was a different character. She was, um, Sid was basically a complete loner where she had no interaction with other people until she turned about 16 because she just was stuck on a spaceship orbiting this one planet. Um, so again, there's um, in that one too, coming of age, a huge <laughs> YA kind of trend and, and genre kind of bending um, theme, but she, that's a coming of age theme for her where she discovers herself, her powers, she saves an entire race, she unites a planet. So small story turned epic as always. Um, and then I moved into Shadowhurst and I've been living in Shadowhurst for the most part. That's the one that's the eight book series. Um, very witchy, starts off in a small town and then we have a few other realms thrown in just for fun. Um, but that one is more of a paranormal mystery. There's uh, murders to solve and there's adventures to be had <laughs> for a little That's witch. <laughs> yeah, like, sort of like a YA paranormal cozy mystery feel. It, it really kind of is. Yeah, it definitely is. There's uh, with just a bit more description of the murders <laughs> than, <laughs> than, than the cozy with the wow. Um, although I am getting into cozy um, cozy mysteries next. So 
We'll see how that goes. The YA cozy mysteries? Um, no, actually, I think uh, paranormal women's fiction. <laughs> Why not give it a try? We'll see. <laughs> It'll probably be YA in the end when I'm done writing it. <laughs> well, you know, I have kind of been confused by YA mysteries because I guess in YA you can't have a murders and dead people. But right. yeah, I tend to be light on the murder side. Except if the well, usually. Okay, if you're murdering someone, then you're probably evil, or at least bad in some way, yes. right? So yeah, well, you can kind of like have it off screen too. Like it doesn't have to be like, and you can just be like, "Oh, that person, you know, we're solving that murder and not actually describe anything." Oh, okay. I think like for me, why mystery is more like the inheritance games, um, like that truly devious, that where there's like like a true like mystery to be solved. Um, and I think what I wrote, like the Shadowhurst at least, is again a mashup, more like urban fantasy slash paranormal mystery, because the mystery is not like the driving force of the books. Oh, right. Fun. So it's like more the hero's journey, really. <laughs> right. And so to go back from your first book to your first verse, Etherverse, do we get to know what type of powers the main character has? Do we know what kind of being or creature she is? In Etherborn? <laughs> in, in Etherborn or in Shadow? Etherborn, sorry. Yes. In Etherborn. So we do get to know in the first book, um, we get to know what powers she has, but we don't really find out like who she is and where those powers come from until like book two and then in book three, where okay. we kind of meet like the dad, which is strange. I don't know. I, I, there's a dad situation in Shadowhurst as well. So I don't know why that's a thing for me. <laughs> but. My dad is not a paranormal creature. Of any He's not sort, a paranormal. So. Are you sure? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I should really chat. You're only in book two of your life, right? It I mean, really, it's yeah, it is true. I mean, I keep writing about it. It stems from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I have a character who doesn't know who her father is as well. Um, she knows he's at least of a witch line, but right. she doesn't know anything else. So. Yeah, I don't know why it is that the dad always just like when it's like a female character for some reason the dad even in the things that river hides I just realized for me it's well spoilers but the dad <laughs> <laughs> is a problem <laughs> for some reason wow my poor father if you ever read <laughs> Man, I, I don't know my dad I mean my mom is important to me but my dad is important to me too me so too bring your dad into your yeah world. and I think I was such a daddy's girl growing up maybe that's it you know? maybe it yeah <laughs> my mom so, was the one she worked nights and my dad used to cook for us so maybe that was it like, maybe was that was it so now we're just making them all evil in our books but <laughs> <laughs> to back up my dad in my book wasn't evil so oh uh, <laughs> yeah back. see no I'm a terrible I'm a terrible daughter I guess <laughs> Oh no, I did that to my mom though. My mom wanted to be in one of my books. So then I put her in there. It's sort of a central character, but then she got killed off. Oh my God. Yeah, I did that with somebody too. I had a friend who just kept asking to be in one of my books. So I put him in there and killed him on the next page. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Like someone asking me to do that maybe want to be sort of like. Yeah, you're like, well, technically, I did what you asked. Yes, I did. But you didn't you specify. <laughs> Sorry. Not want to be dismembered. <laughs> <laughs> you have to sign a contract next time if you want to be in my books. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is her name actually in there? She knows it's her. 
the the friend yeah i told him yeah okay. Okay. Uh, who you really i'm like there you are <laughs> you're yeah. right here <laughs> it's your real name <laughs> and ever just the first name but he was pretty excited so i'm like wow <laughs> well sometimes when characters get killed off they're more memorable than the characters that just that make is it true crazy. yeah that i think he was the pass away character but i'm sure to him that was like i think he still talks about it and i'm like yes i killed you in the book wonderful <laughs> oh, fine that's good <laughs> You talk to me about your newest eight book series, Where Are You? And how is, how, like, I, my longest series is four plus a prequel right now. Um, how is that working for you? And, and did you have eight books planned from the beginning or has it just grown over time? Um, I had four books planned at the beginning and now the eighth will be the final and I do have a prequel novella, um, which is like 48,000 words. So it's almost an novel. <laughs> I don't know why I can't just wrap my mind around writing short um but it's been i don't know it's just been growing on its own and i keep trying to kind of put it down and finish it off even now as i'm writing the eighth book i find myself stalling because i don't want it to end it's been such a big portion of my whole writing career um, and i did write the things the river hides kind of in between there uh, but that was a standalone so not the same kind of long time period went by um, but it's been interesting. I did have the four books planned. Um, the arc was planned for four books and it just kept growing and growing. And then when I wrote the first, the fourth book, I just realized, wow, okay, I, there's no way I can wrap up this story at all. Um, and that happened again after the fifth and the sixth and the seventh. <laughs> and now I think I'm finally trying to write the eighth and I'm sure I could come up with a ninth and a tenth. But <laughs> I think um, it's getting to that point, you know, when you have like a TV series and you're just like, ended on a high note. <laughs> yes, I know. I always think of that too, because there's several series that I really love, but then I will go back and watch like, 80% of the seasons and I'm like yeah I don't really need to watch yeah. the last two seasons or yeah it's always yeah you always think that they're always like kind of dwindling and I'm like I don't want it to get to that point where I'm just like grasping at straws to have ideas and so I'm just trying to like make this book kind of big and just have the adventure really large and finalize it finally I still don't know how yeah. it's gonna end exactly so uh -oh. <laughs> like if I, I have everything planned out like it's not as fun for me to write it yeah really like that as an author but I'm like oh I'm just writing this I already know what's going to happen it's not that fun but if yeah. I like leave something that I'm like still deciding about or still trying to figure out then I enjoy writing it more more yeah I say I'm like a huge I don't know where I am like, I am a huge plotter I will plot everything and I will never follow that plot. Like I always, <laughs> I love the idea that I plotted everything out, but then I'll sit down to write it. I already replotted this book like five times as I was writing it. Um, and just this morning before we got to talking, I changed like four more chapters. Just being like, well, no, I want to go this way now. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that wasn't speaking to me. We'll just go this way. Yeah, we'll just go. Or like something will happen and you're like, oh, well, that would be exciting because now this, this, and it just spurs like, all these other things too. It's just like book four was for me. <laughs> like all oh, four more books grew out of it. So yeah, it is really hard to let go of those books though. Like I really miss my characters and miss like forming new 
stories or new things for them. Yeah, when you get, they're like almost like family members, especially if you have like swag and art drawn of them, you, you know exactly what they look like. Like I'll just be wearing like a t-shirt with swag from the, <laughs> the books. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm there in Shadowhurst. <laughs> my husband is like, you know, that's not a real place. <laughs> <laughs> It's real in my head, right? Yeah, I'm like, you watch yourself. I can change the keys. <laughs> Get those locks changed off in no time. Um, yeah, it's it's been, it's hard to let them go, for sure. I know we yeah, I, I did do a spinoff series. So uh -huh. I have this urban fantasy series, the Kingdom Journal, so it's a complete series. But then I had kind of a one-off that was supposed to be just a short story for a newsletter. And that, and I put her character in the finale of that series and then I was like huh she could have her series yes. and they could, they could continue in her series yeah see I like that I did like I was just uh, I just sent out a newsletter uh, to my readers and I said I, I don't know if I'm ready to leave but there might be a spin-off um, and I'm just gonna let them guess with who <laughs> have four point of view so they can and it could be either one of those or somebody completely different so they can go wild. <laughs> Interesting. So four point of views in different books or in the same book? In the same books. Um, originally, Shadowhost started with one point of view, with Billy's point of view, the main character. Um, and around book three, I introduced River, who her, was her love interest. Um, and then book four, we got two more point of views added, Savannah and Logan. Um, and because the play, the book now, for the most part, for the last three, has been taking um, place in two, two different realms, it makes sense to kind of split the couples up in a way. Okay. So Neat. that was. And so you do them first person? Do you do like every other chapter? Uh, first portion, and honestly, the way like I do them is just whatever the chapter calls for. Um, the majority will still probably be in Billy's point of view for the most part, because um, she's just kind of like the driving main character. Um, but I I switch them out, and it's it's interesting. It's been kind of weird to write four different people. I feel like I have four different personalities, yeah. <laughs> and one of them is British. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just been like so interesting to kind of try to jump from head to head. Um, I thought I wanted to write all of one point of view and then another and another and just compile it all together. But I'm a very linear uh, writer, so I, I couldn't do it. So it's been it's been kind of difficult at times to jump from head to head and um, describe the story that way, especially when they take place in two different places as well. And there's two different basically each book has two different arcs because these couples have okay. different arcs of their own within the same um, the arc same of the story. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. That's yeah. Very cool to write. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, it does require plotting though. So I could, I don't think I could pants something like that. Yeah. No, you can't pants that because yeah, that takes a lot of thought. Yeah. And just it gets confusing to, to kind of try to figure out like how one realm where they don't communicate to each other leads and spurns different things in another realm like how do they feed off each other and how they come together and it's just been it's been fun <laughs> as a from a reader's point of view that sounds amazing to you yeah it's been um i think when i introduced it, the second couple of people really responded to it it's like i got a ton of emails being like oh i'm so glad we got there because the the girls Savannah and I mean I'm not giving this away um <laughs> even if I am it's okay it's still interesting to read but and, um Savannah is kind of like a redeeming arc because she was almost an arch nemesis of Billy in the first book so it's it's an it was an interesting way to kind of 
put her in there mm -hmm. and have her have her own say. Well, super fun. Yeah, I had a character that I couldn't make evil either. And I don't know if this happened for you, but my one of my characters was supposed to be working with the bad guys. And then I liked him so much, I couldn't have him be bad in the end. <laughs> you just have these characters. Sometimes when I read books too, when they um, have that happen, I'm like, I wonder if that's what happened here. Like the author just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, because I had him acting so nicely but he was supposed to be acting fake, right? He was supposed right. to be lying to everyone. But then I was like, oh, I can't do that to him. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was, I don't, yeah, and I didn't plan for Savannah to have like any kind of redeeming qualities whatsoever, but there she is. <laughs> nice, and you said you just wrote a standalone. Tell me more about that one. Um, yeah, I wrote the, the Things of River Hides. That one was very different. From my other books that one was very steeped in um, mythology um ton of research went into it i had like a lot of text translated from like three different languages wow. to kind of form it's a very obscure myth it's, it's um it's a popular holiday in eastern european <laughs> lands um but it's uh it's kind of a spring like a coming of spring holiday and i i always wondered why it was called a certain way and what the story behind it was. And as I started kind of digging and getting these texts translated, I realized like that there was like a goddess of winter. Um, that's the background of that. And in some cultures, she actually is known as the goddess of death because winter kills all things. Um, and so I just, the imagery of snow and winter and ice and, and things slowly dying and then being reborn, um, that whole concept really stuck in my mind. And so I, I based an entire book <laughs> on that concept, but from the point of view of a young girl who can foretell people's deaths when she touches them. Mm. And she doesn't know how she got this ability. She had surgery when she was a kid and it just started. Um, and that's like the the story and this is this was in the blurb so i'm not giving anything away i always try not to i'm terrible at it <laughs> the worst spoiled sport um but uh she works um with her mother's morgue in a small town she is very much an outcast because other people know that she can do this and of course they fear her um and so she doesn't have any friends except her mom <laughs> and she is usually in the morgue which is very depressing and creepy but uh, one day a body arrives um, and she sees something's amiss and something's not right about this body. And it's very closely followed by the arrival of another body who is a boy and he's very much alive. And he's convinced that his, his friend's death was not accidental. And so she gets wrapped up in trying to figure out what happened to his friend. And then that opens a whole can of worms. <laughs> oh, neat. That sounds very cool. It was fun. That. Yeah, that one was really fun. I think that the, what started was the, the myth of Marzana, which is the goddess of uh, winter and death. Um, and then I also just pictured a town where something happened environmentally and the one river that they have um, turned blood red. So yeah, so that was the image of like Snow White and blood red river just kind of kept coming back. And I'm like, I got to do something with this. Right. Is that said in contemporary time? It is set in contemporary times, yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's, but it, it goes back, I guess, ages to this myth, so. Right, that's really neat. Yeah, I just, it's funny. I, we must be twinning in our, <laughs> in our dual lives because I just wrote a standalone mythology book too, oh. but it's Aztec mythology. So oh. like you said, I did so much research for this book, but in its historical fantasy. So I set it in the time of the Aztecs. 
and the character sounds very much like your character. She was an outcast because um, she had she had a birthmark, and her the people believe the mark was the mark of the god of death or darkness oh <laughs> or lord of he was called yeah. god or lord of darkness i can't even pronounce the name i wish i could i need to like really study it and pronounce the name correctly but um so she was he she was believed to be marked by him and so they go to a shaman and the shaman's like oh you have to bring her back to me when she's three years old so that she won't turn evil basically and so her parents but she also has gifts of clairvoyant powers so she can feel other people's feelings and know their futures so she goes to this shaman and he is supposedly supposed to train her um, but she's very much an outcast too like she tries at one point to go to school and sit in society but she's like weird and lanky and um, she has different color eyes and people don't people are scared of her like her her friends and even the parents and the adults were scared of her even though she covered up her mark so it sounds very very similar yeah i was gonna say like we definitely you're right we definitely are twinning i think yeah. we have like the same kind of uh path or interest yeah, in the same uh, that's awesome <laughs> i love that super fun yeah so you're wrapping up your eight book series yes and do you know what <laughs> And yes, very sad, but you said there might be a spinoff, so that's a little bit of what may come next for you. Yep. Do you know when you're going to release this last book? I was um, originally looking at sometime in the fall, and it's still I'm still looking for late between late fall and obviously before Christmas. So this year, okay. <laughs> very soon. So at some point, I'm just trying to figure out. I've just hit the midpoint, and I've had to change some things around. So <laughs> I don't want to rush it because it is the last one. So I just want to make sure it's perfect. Um, so I'm giving myself that lead. I don't have a, the exact release date yet. Um, but it's going to be before Christmas. And I know for sure that in the first couple of weeks of um, January, I'm going to have this closing releasing. So that's oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah, I've been plotting that one <laughs> while writing this one. So You must write really fast. Because, and I don't know how quick your editing process is, but I'm not sure I could be at a midpoint of the story and try to release it by before Christmas. I write, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, I write clean. I edit as I write. Okay. So it makes it easier. I find that a lot easier when it's fresh in my mind. I can edit. Like I'll write a few chapters um, in a day when I'm at the deadline, and the next day I'll edit them before I write again. So, um, and I've just started um, dictating, which has been interesting. Oh, fun! So some of this book is dictated, and that's been uh, just because I, you know, a new baby. I'm walking on a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of walks, so I might as well dictate while I do that. You know, I have thought about that so many times, especially if I have like going to meetings in the car yes. and. Like this is oh, driving and dictating is great. Yeah, you should try it. It's really, right. All I do is record on my phone and then I upload it to like Otter or another dictation software that just right. transcribes it all. I need to jump into that probably. Yeah, it's fun. It's very awkward at first, especially if people are walking by you. <laughs> and you're talking about magic and stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, they might like, um, like what? No, you're, she's definitely not on the phone. <laughs> Maybe we need to take her to the homeless shelter. Yeah, it gets like really, really weird, but you get used to it. Now I just like dictate everywhere. Well, <laughs> and know. everybody talks on their phone all the time anyway. So. Yeah, okay. I'm like, I'm talking about magic. That's so much more interesting. What else am I going to talk about? The weather? <laughs> you're welcome for a sneak peek. <laughs> yeah. Buy okay. my book at the end. Yeah, buy my book. You can read it. Imagine. Just... <laughs> So have you ever thought about writing in third person? 
Um, yeah, I've written some in third person. Um, I'm trying to think. I think Etherborn I wrote originally in third person. Yeah, so that was, um, I might write the cozy mystery in third person. Um, only because there's going to be a fun little POV, which I won't say what it is, but it's not human. And so a third person would be great. <laughs> yeah, I can see that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not like a full POV, but just a few little chapters. So I think it would be good if, um, without mixing those up. Um, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I think something about YA in first person just really like works for me, at least. Um, I can really get into the head of the character, especially when I have multiple POVs. Right. I, I've only done first person two. And part of me, I was kind of challenging myself. I wrote a short story and my husband was like, yeah, just go back to the other thing. Yeah, it is. It is tough, especially when you think about like, do I write it like past present or like, because I, the things that were high was past present, that was different. Like I wasn't sure how that was going to work out, but somehow you get used to it. But yeah, third person was, uh, it was different. I mean, I did definitely start that way because I just thought, I think when I first started writing, I just assumed that you were mostly supposed to write in third person. That's, that's what I remember from school. <laughs> so it was, you know, like um, an interesting experiment. Um, but I think first person for YA really works a lot. I time. like it. I enjoy yeah, it. Me too. I enjoy that closeness that you feel with knowing what the character's thinking or they're struggling with. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think for a book like, like YA books, especially when a lot of it is like so, so much about personal experience. Um, I think first person just works like I the reason I'd want to do the cozy mystery is third person because I just think if you're writing something more quirky third person gives you a bit more leeway with that because like obviously like I wouldn't think I'm being quirky because that's just who I am <laughs> but from a third person perspective I can describe it and it's more like awkward and you know oh, neat. so I think that would work but we'll see <laughs> All of that sounds super fun. I'm running to each and every one of your series right after this podcast. <laughs> Same, right? I'm excited to read that other book that we have such a like parallel with. Right. That'll be really fun. Super fun. Well, tell everyone where we can find you. Yeah. So um, all my information is on my website, ansage.ca. Um, you'll find my social media links there. I mostly hang out. Used to be Instagram. Now I'm mostly on Facebook. I have tried to hang out on TikTok, so maybe somebody can get me back on there because <laughs> I just end up watching cat videos. So <laughs> cat videos but, are very fun and entertaining. Yes, they really and they yeah, two hours until like three a.m. <laughs> You're like, wow, that's a lot of cats. I need to go to bed. <laughs> but yeah, my website has all my links. Uh, my books are pretty much all available wide, except that first series, Etherborn. That's Amazon exclusive, but everything else is all over everywhere where books are sold. Well, super fun. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for doing this. This was exciting. And best of luck with the end of your series and can't wait to see what the spinoff may be. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, I'm excited to read your spinoff now too. So that'll be very nice. <laughs> I need new books too, so. Yes, we'll have to follow up in the next couple of months and see what yeah, we're Yeah, 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 let's link up. <laughs> well, thank you again. And everyone go find Ann Sage at ansage.ca. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finding the Magic podcast. I'm your host, author and podcaster, Tricia Copeland, and I love getting behind the scenes. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe and stop in each week, discover new authors and books. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep finding the magic.